Andy Watts. How's it going? Yeah, amazing. <laughs> amazing. That's why amazing? So it's always amazing. I feel like we're the giggliest <laughs> comedians in the air. <laughs> we, we are. To be fair, we're like the only ones in when we're bringing that actually laugh. You are a bag of energy when you are a bringer. You're like front row. <laughs> You're loving it. Yeah. It's well, so good to see. Like, like the thing is, like, you've got to be like front, like. I hate it when people like are bringers or something they want to sit at the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand it, but you're not a comedian that night. You're an audience member. Yeah, sure. So like, commit to the role. Exactly. <laughs> That's what we like to do. That's what we did at um, thing, uh, not another comedy night on two, on Wednesday yes, yeah. when we were, well, as we put it, the footballers' we wives. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> it just feel like that. It was a little, uh, you know, we have to sit and support our men. Yeah, <laughs> we, we, we did, and we, we did went. support our men. We did, and they did great. They did, they did brilliantly, <laughs> they did didn't they? They did, they did brilliantly up there. Yeah. I mean, I, I gave Ben a little bit of criticism, but obviously. Oh, well, okay. Did you criticize Ryan a little bit? <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. Ah. Leave that. <laughs> we leave that until we're at home. <laughs> yeah. See. I like to do I like to, we like to, me and Ben like to have our few time public okay <laughs> just in Very case cool, the papers cool. are watching <laughs> so um, we'll talk about comedy in a bit I guess but um, I'm really interested in about how performers are pretty much formed and shaped okay so how, what was childhood like for you yeah you know what great I think I really happy and really sort of uh, I mean I grew up in Stratford-upon-Avon um, okay. so a, a town rather than a city and I don't know if that I'm sure that shapes people's perspectives yeah. hugely because I've only moved here about a year ago oh shit uh, yeah so totally different totally different uh, reality and, and how, how so um, I think it's the pace and I think it's the the people that you meet are like-minded uh, yeah. I found you know a lot of really intelligent people from my hometown but the ones that wanted to stay just are on a different gear yeah um, and they're happy moving a bit slower and I felt out of out of kilter there okay uh, very much so that's kind of why I moved yeah um, yeah but like growing up it was just kind of you know it was very much like make your own fun all of our yeah. friends we what we would do and I don't know if this is did you grow up in London? I grew up in London man. I'm a city boy for a city through. boy yeah <laughs> well it's it, like very much it was like what we do at the weekend is go to the Bancroft which is a park yeah and that was it and it was all just it was every weekend or it was every day after school and if I told you what we did I, there's no sort of <laughs> it's go nothing it. specific it was just yeah go hang out hang and so like climbing trees and shit a hundred percent yeah yeah and like everyone had Everyone had weird skills, like, you know Diablos, those yeah, yeah. toys? Oh, yeah. You'd have the kids that were nuts at Diablo, people would become really good at like parkour, just jumping over walls, <laughs> climbing trees. Everyone had very weird skills, because what else yeah. did you have to perfect? That's true. Like, that's, yeah. what, that's, what, that's the one thing I think city kids are missing, like speaking mm-hmm. as one who grew up in this inner city. Yeah. We missed that adventure well sort of that adventurous side to us because yeah. when you grow up when you grow up growing up in a city yeah. you just aren't allowed well there's less of opportunities to do to to do things like that and also it's a bit more dangerous going outside going outside when you're younger. Oh that's interesting, yeah. Well what was your was it, is it a lot more structured when you hang, what are you doing? <laughs> well we well we used to be able to play on the street because there was okay. like um the street that I grew up in and the street that I'm still living on now, my yeah. parents. Um there used to be like loads of family, you know, loads of families just like living there, yeah, yeah. and all the kids would just play out till quite, play out till quite oh. late. Um, 
that kind of dissipated a lot a little bit as the years went on because everyone gets older people move away and interest and like people just like have different in- have different interests um so it kind of went from playing outside um to just pretty much either going either going so either going to like i don't know like a cinema or something like that with yeah, a couple yeah. of friends or not doing it or not doing anything at all and no. sitting on msn and, and speaking on msn speaking on, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah we did have it yeah did you even, what yeah, in struggle upon haven you had on haven it made its way down we had internet there. <laughs> yeah yeah we'd have to really sort of rub yeah <laughs> this you know static electricity yeah. together to get fuel and everything like that but mm. uh, I, I guess that's kind of what being a teenager is like i feel like you just hang yeah. in a place for a while you yeah just that's congregate it. that's it and you were on the streets and we, we were in the park <laughs> so <laughs> so what about schooling uh yeah i mean i went to sort of a massive uh secondary school like yeah. state school so like Same. thousands of kids yeah, shout so, out uh, yeah. yeah exactly um and yeah we sort of just sort of had a guy i don't know it was, it was interesting we had, we, it was only sort of a few schools in the area i mean yeah we had the kind of like grammar schools and everything else like that um, we teamed up with those people eventually, like yeah. the girls' school and the guys' school, and nice. we get to interact with the oh, other good. genders. They oh, liked, did you? They liked being with us. Well, there were only like two genders back then, wasn't uh, there? Two, yeah. <laughs> the old days, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Way back when. Way back when. I remember them. <laughs> you classically took a sip of your drink there. Just I, to make, just like, to I don't make... know how to weigh in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but how yeah. was school? How was, what was school like for you as well? Yeah, I mean, good. I loved school. I like absolutely loved uh, education, 100%. It was, it was great. Um, not necessarily even the social side of it. It's just I really enjoyed uh, the learning aspect. So quite, Sweet. quite obsessive in yeah. terms of like the things I'm taking on. So yeah, um, I, I loved, I loved learning. Oh, uh, sweet. Super time. <laughs> that, yeah. That's this is such a it, like that's such a weird thing for a comic to for a comic to, yeah for a comic to say because. <laughs> A lot of the time, it's they didn't have the well, stereotypically didn't, yeah. always, have, didn't always have the best child, didn't always have the best child, right, sure. and didn't always enjoy school, didn't always enjoy school. Well, that's the kind of thing. I wonder whether there's there's a kind of like disruptive element to comedians, like they want to, yeah, they they want to be alternative, or they yeah, they want to. Um, play some sort of like devil's advocate yeah but yeah no i felt very much like in line with the structure of learning yeah and being subservient and following rules yeah that was sort of (laughs) i'm not a rule breaker are you not Uh, not at all really not at all man (laughs) oh bless you i know i'm a sweet little boy drinking (laughs) a little hot chocolate A gingerbread hot chocolate. Ginger, we're, we're, exactly. we're, 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 just, we're pushing the boat out a little bit. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, growing up in Stratford upon Avon, yeah. like, what pushed you to want to move out? Yeah, well, you know, I, I think just the. It just didn't. I never really felt right there after university. As soon as I came back, um, there was just not the kind of. I wasn't with people who had the same kind of ambitions. They were ambitious in their own sense. They wanted families and they wanted, uh, you know, they wanted to further their careers. But for me, the Stratford just didn't have the things that I wanted. Um, and so, yeah, the allure of comedy was this sort of vague thing because I'd never really ever done it. Uh, and I specifically moved to London to try it, not really? to even do it, to try. To try it. To oh, try. Shit. To give it a shot. <laughs> shit. Yeah. So, so- 
It was very abstract for me, the idea of this is what I kind of want to do. I'm guessing the scene in Stratford upon Avon isn't big. There is no scene, yeah. There's not a lot of it. Even though we have this sort of theatre and we have this institution, yeah. the arts is... You even get the idea that people come from out of town to yeah. visit the theatre and to act in the theatre. Yeah. They're not Stratford-born people. No. It's, um, you know, it's entertainment for people who don't... That's yeah, that's kind of interesting that there's the that there's a really famous theatre there. Yeah. But the art scene isn't existing or vital. It doesn't exist. I mean even at our school we didn't have sort of a GCSE theatre, we didn't have anything you know, not enough people applied. We had a massive school and people weren't applying. So I don't know if that's sort of just culturally it just didn't seem to exist. Hmm. Um, certainly when I was there, maybe maybe it's yeah. Uh, generation how, how old are you sorry 24 24 yeah. oh bless you yeah. <laughs> no a little boy <laughs> well, yeah. i'm only 28 so 28 oh there you go yeah exactly how long have you been doing this um a year and a half a year and a half there you go okay yeah, yeah so yeah. it's been i started doing this actually before i started doing com- before i actually started doing comedy like oh, the podcast yeah lunching with friends no yeah i started doing the podcast like as a solo, as a sort of solo thing. Okay. And I was just talking about sitcoms and stuff, and then I just fell out of love with it for about six to eight, about six to eight months, and I went. Then I did a comedy, and I did a comedy course, and started doing gigs. Mm-hmm. Then, like September of last year, I just thought to myself, right, if I'm going to do the podcast, I am going to need to shape things up a little bit. Yeah. And I just thought the way I'm going to do that is by getting guests on. Okay. Oh right. Okay. Was it initially just you sort of me on? just me just rambling <laughs> and start and okay. stumbling over my words. <laughs> Perfect. Awesome. And did that lead you to comedy then? No, it didn't lead me to didn't lead me to comedy. It was just like something I wanted to do, I guess, like because I felt like my voice needed to be heard. <laughs> well, hundred percent. That's I just think that's an interesting thing, like the breaking point for people. It seems that some people start super young, mm. and people are in their thirties or forties, and they. Most people I talk to have started, have always wanted to do it. Yeah. And there comes a time in their life where, yeah, there's a breaking point, a tipping point. And yeah. Go, I have to immerse myself in it. That's and it. And when you're in, you're in. Yeah. <laughs> and there's no leaving. So you've moved to London now, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. And what you've done is you've started up. You're a producer. For a, for, a, for a natural podcast yeah that's sort of that is my day job yeah, yeah we make educational podcasts so sort of part of this I'm not featured on them no. uh, as much but it's uh, yeah it's marketing a podcast for students and oh. uh, GCSEs so how'd you get into that that was that was sort of luck I looked on a um, a tempo site called Hey Tempo temporary jobs and that's all I was looking for and a guy that I got in contact with uh, it was just for a marketing position I had some sort of customer service roles I didn't even know it was audio yeah um, and when I spoke to him I really liked the guy a lot and he told me there was an like podcast business and I thought that seems to chime with a lot of things mm. that I like so yeah. Uh, yeah I kind of fell into it and that is what I do now and yeah. I, I still yeah so what actually goes into what actually goes into your day-to-day work uh, well, largely, it's, it's actually, a lot of it is kind of just communicating with schools. So a lot of it is ringing teachers and doing like customer care with people that own the product mm-hmm. or selling the product to people that are interested. Okay. Because it is a startup and there's about three of us, four of us in the business. Okay, um, that's cool. Yeah, so a lot of it's getting the word out. So that's why I'm here today. Yeah, <laughs> fucking have, up, yeah. If you have 13-year-olds, uh, let's 13-year-olds? Uh, 13 to 16. Well, well, 16. Well, yeah. I probably more likely have 
like people who work in education listening because oh, obviously yeah, I yeah. work in education as well. Yeah, well, so, get them, <laughs> get them audio fly, audio fly. It's really, yeah, it's an interesting thing, but um, yeah, glad because before I was doing this, I was working in a lot of kind of bars and uh, belt shops. <laughs> that was my last Bars job. and belt shops. I worked in a belt shop the first time I came. Well, all right, tell us more, please. Tell me more, please. It's the most interesting aspect of my life. I just, I wanted to move to London and I was like, I'll take anything. Yeah. And the first batch of things I applied for included this, this belt shop. What was it called? Um, Elliot Rhodes. Elliot Rhodes, Elliot okay. Rhodes, because that is the guy, that is the owner. Um, and premium leather belts, starting at £100, going up to a couple of grand. Fucking hell. <laughs> mental premium leather people would come in and drop you know a thousand on a belt and not think about it i just got a mat on yeah i know <laughs> i just hold my hand like, yeah up, man. jesus the whole day oh wow <laughs> yeah. so what was that like mm, not uh, terribly fulfilling i mean it was in- it was nice to come here i was yeah. there and i was thinking i am here in london i've i've made the step but um i mean it was very crafty we had to craft the belt you had to, to cut the leather Shit. And really? it's insane because some some of the leather I, I sound interested in it now, but I hate it. When I was doing, but now it's like it's uh, we had animal like exotic leather. So yeah. I'd be cutting stingray belts for someone like you're 34 inches. I'll cut your stingray belt up, sir, uh, to, <laughs> and then thread it around the waist. You so. know you're like a vegan's worst nightmare, yes. right? <laughs> I know. Yeah, it was. Uh, well, that was the thing. People had a big problem with the exotic animals, but I mean, we were, we had all sorts of leather. Yeah, so we were aw- aw- <laughs> awful immoral company. Yeah, Jesus. Who can? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, they've been used for whatever. They've been used. Yeah, they've got a purpose. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Thank you, animals. I'm sure. Yeah. They're... <laughs> I'm sure um, they feel the same. Yes. <laughs> so, how long did you last in that job for? That was about seven months. That's uh, good going. Yeah, it was all right. And then I, got, I actually got made redundant from that. Uh, <laughs> how? how uh, wait, how? I, you know what? He said he was a very nice guy. He said it was redundancy, but I think it was a, I think it was a, sort of a veiled firing. What did you do to I, get fired? <laughs> I, I think I was very uninspired in the job. I think he was quite clearly. <laughs> the people that there loved it. They yeah. were all about it. But I think he asked a lot of questions about comedy. Yeah. Like, is this what you want to do? Is this what you want to end up doing? And I said yes. And I think in the re- <laughs> in the redundancy, that seemed to be a heavy part of it. He's like, this is quite clearly not what you want to do. Yeah. Um, but it's hard to communicate with people. He said, I want to do comedy. And they go, oh, well, you know, that means you don't want to do this. But I say, well, no, it takes years. Yeah, exactly. And it probably doesn't happen. So, yeah. you know, let me do <laughs> yeah. my evenings. Um, yeah. My... Um, my head, well, the headmaster at my current school, yeah. he's, um, he, when he found out that I do it, he said, don't become too big just yet, we need you. Oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. uh, you've got to try not to become too big. Yeah, I'll try really hard. I'm going to try, really, try really hard yeah. to be on the open mic circuit for the next yes. 20 years. <laughs> I, think you can do it. I think we can all do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, you move on from the belt shop. What happens next then? Yes, uh, yeah. Spiritually, I never moved on. But I moved. I moved on. That was when I moved straight onto the podcast. So yeah. Had about. Did you not do a bar? Uh, didn't you do any bar work? In no, in between, I got quite lucky in that month. I had a month off, uh, paid just obviously because um, I left, and then yeah, I found this thing. So that's and it's it's great because it is great 
for doing it. It's quite flexible, so yeah. this is a way to kind of put my foot in more with comedy. Okay. But it, it was it was crazy in the start, really, because yeah. I'd, I'd spent so long, I'd spent so long imagining coming here, and then when you start, you're not good. Uh, no. Well, I can speak on my own behalf. You're, or you're not what you want to be, definitely. So first few months it was kind of heartbreaking because it's, yeah. it's you put so much stock in this strange idea yeah. and then you know you start off and you're, you're not what you want to be and, yeah. it, and, it, and it was hard because I thought I've given up a lot <laughs> yeah. to change my life to do this yeah difficult like um, you're not alone in that though yeah. I think that's just genuinely how it is when you start a new, well when you start a new job because often how they're advertised yeah. is not how they're going to be at sure. least at first sure. like so that's complete. That's completely natural, man. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. It's difficult for me, man. It really was, but it's uh, you know you get through it. Like man, like yeah, it is. When you're starting anything new, it's never it's never easy. Definitely. And especially when you've got an idea about what it is that you wanted it to be. Yes. Well, that's the thing. You spend longer and you build this picture, and I think yeah. it's bad. I think try and surprise yourself into things that you want more. Yeah. <laughs> than, uh, so what did you, you think know. London was going to be like when you first got there? You know, I, desperate, I desperately didn't want to come here for any other reason. If there wasn't comedy, I don't think I would have landed here. Certainly it's quick. No. Um, because I'd come from a slow town, I just had a, a you know, a, de- a picture of London as being dangerous and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> frightening, uh, which is silly because, you know, we're Santa Costa and I live in a road with trick-or-treaters last week and it's cute, you know, it's, it's, it's very sweet, but I, I was very intimidated by the prospect of coming to London. I can imagine, but then, I, I can imagine, but saying that, I'd probably be intimidated by living in the living in the countryside. Oh, would you? Yeah. By what? By what? <laughs> by, by I mean, it's just like... The pastoral... It's not... How it's just so far removed yeah. from not exactly what I'm used to. I think it's like what I'm comfortable with. Like okay. I'm used to like having hustle and bustle yeah. and like socially as well. And I think um, yeah, so yeah, socially, yeah, socially and economically, it's just so far removed from what I yeah. would be and um, what I'm used to. That's the way that I don't think you could do it that way around. I, uh, maybe later in life people move out of the city, but I can't imagine growing up in London and then moving to a, a town. I don't no. know what you would think <laughs> or no. what you'd spend your days. I don't know. No. Yeah. And I'd, I wouldn't mind moving to like a, a smaller city like maybe sure. Manchester or Liverpool sure. or Leeds. Yeah. But to go to somewhere that's just almost completely like Greenland and stuff, yeah. I don't think I could do it. I don't think I could do it. No, well, you don't have to. I know. <laughs> that's a nice thing. Now you never get relocated to a tiny town. Yeah. I know. Yeah. And that's great. <laughs> and that's absolutely great. Unless things go so south with <laughs> what could potentially happen on July, on January 31st. Oh, sure. That we all have to kind of uh, <laughs> leave the city like the air raids. So yeah, that's <laughs> just it. Get on trains and get on trains join like, families. Go on. <laughs> Cotswolds. Can you imagine like getting evacuated like to, uh, in our 20s? Yeah, we're just moving in. With but, that, sort of but then again, like that's that's basically what we do now. We live in house shit. Well, yeah. Well, people live in house shares. I'm in a house share. You in house share? Technically, I live with my parents. Technically, oh there you go. That's <laughs> you're sharing a house. I was in a proper house share like um, for almost a year um, from last sep- from September from yeah. September a year ago to this July. Okay. And what what happened was 
Edinburgh was coming up, so I decided I wanted to save a bit of money for that. Amazing. Well, if yeah. you can, you can. Why not? Yeah, that's I would it. be, yeah, I can't have my parents look here. I'd be, yeah, <laughs> I'd be in their room. That's it. <laughs> Hang I'm on now. now. <laughs> so yeah. how do you find living in the ha- house share? Yeah, I got lucky. I got really lucky because I moved into a house share with strangers. Uh, well, yeah, I knew them eventually, but <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I've just moved in with uh, friends, friends from university. Oh, nice. Uh, so we live in South of London and it's a lot better. Where do you, where do you live? Where uh, Southfields. Southfields? Uh, Southfields. Very residential. Right? Nice. But, like, I live with the sweetest girls, like three of the girls. Oh. So it's a very like uh, another wholesome aspect of my life. Oh, <laughs> nice one. Yeah. That's cool. Um, and it feels that kind of country living back a little bit. Really? It's, yeah, as close as I can kind of get. Yeah. How do you, um, how, what university did you go to? I went to York. 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 Oh, yeah, very nice. Did writing, directing, and performance. Oh, that was the course. Shit. Very pretentious title. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. So, what did that entail? It was re- really, I mean, it was. You could choose. That was kind of the idea that in the end, you hone your talents and you get to choose. It was kind of a glorified drama course. There was a lot of elements of that. Um, as you'd expect. As you like... would expect, yeah. But you got to... I mean, the idea was that we devised big shows and that people would slot into different aspects uh, and roles. So yeah. a lot of people ended up being uh, like assistant directors or being... Uh, you know, backstage kind of work. And we really did have people that wanted yeah. to work in each aspect of theatre. Uh, I was a big old show-off, so I just wanted to do the... You showed uh, never, yeah, and never, never, and never. <laughs> of course not. So I wanted to be kind of like, be at the front, yeah. centre. Uh, which was lucky, because a lot of people kind of didn't. Yeah. Uh, but that's what it was, and it was great. It was great, man. <laughs> well, suppo- well, I suppose, like, when you're doing a course like that, yeah. those are the people that want to do the behind-the-scenes work. And I live for those people. Yeah. People are, I don't want to be seen. I'm like, good. <laughs> yeah, good. Get back yeah, now. Get back there. <laughs> yeah. I've already got my eyes closed. Do some really good writing and yes. make me look <laughs> more better than I already am. 100%. <laughs> I live but, for those people. <laughs> like, I just remember watching an interview, must have been with um, one of the produ- one of the people that works for Work in, t- work in Title, the yes, film, sure, the film sure. company. Um, we, were, we were studying because we were studying the boat that rocked for me, yeah. for A-level media studies, yeah. right? Great film, by the way, yeah. amazing film. Um, and he just looked so uncomfortable yeah. being on ca- just being on camera, <laughs> and it was like, yeah, you don't. You should not ever be in front of a camera again. It's so obvious when you see people like that who hate it. Yeah. Know, people freeze up. It's uh, it's probably a nicer way of living. Where yeah. Being a bit more scared of an audience. That's yeah. Probably healthy. <laughs> yeah. But we're not like that, unfortunately. No. <laughs> Even right now, I mean. Yeah, exactly. The, the, the curse of the podcast form is I can't see these people no, looking exactly. at me. <laughs> But I can hear your voice. Yeah, but that's not enough. And they'll see your they'll see your picture on the on on okay. the thing, so okay. they'll know who they'll know. Like the twelve people who are listening will know will know who you are. That's enough. But you know, so when you got into the so how did you? I'm trying to refer. I'm trying to refer. Yeah, I'm trying yeah. to phrase this question. So what made you want to go into the podcast to editing podcast to um, podcast producing as instead of doing radio? Oh, interesting. Yeah, you know, I, it was difficult to get into radio. I, I did do a few sort of internships at radio stations. Uh, back. Name, name some names. Uh, I did. <laughs> I did Touch FM, but that was the Midlands radio station. Um, and also, I worked on a student radio station at university. A guy called Harry Whitaker, who still does York FM. So it was York FM and um, Touch FM, and I liked it a lot. 
I mean, it would be nice being the radio kind of talent, but difficult things to get into, I think. Uh, and I wouldn't mind doing something like that. And that's always at the back of my head. Yeah. I wouldn't mind editing or being in the studio or perhaps, I don't know, you, you look back, just, uni was the best place to get this kind of experience. Yeah. Uh, to get this free experience and there was a lot more I wish I'd kind of got involved with then yeah um, but yeah if I could pivot that in the future that might be something to keep in mind yeah um, for me like I think there are way too many rules in radio for me to want to do it okay you like rules but yes, there you I go. love rules baby <laughs> yeah, sit you down and tell me but, what there's like yeah there's too many like you can't say this you can't say this you can't say that you yeah. can't play this song because it's not we've not been we've not been paid to promote this yeah. song and that for me is just way too restrictive and that's why I think that I, it might like please give me your opinion on this but I think radio is a dying format yeah well it's interesting I think since podcasts became a lot more popular I mean this is long form already yeah. you know, this is uninterrupted yeah um, which I think is really refreshing because yeah I agree I don't think radio is as authentic naturally which no. I think is important yeah um I don't know if radio will die. I mean, as long as people still have kind of car radios, I think it might live. But you're right, the kind of podcast thing blew up, didn't it? Well, it kind of says something that most of the radio present, most of the big radio presenters yeah. also have their own podcasts. Right, yes. So yeah. how come that radio gig is not enough for you? That's interesting, yeah. Yeah, you're probably really restricted because you're doing segments and you're doing bites and you're so... I think people tune into radio for uh, routine a lot of the time. Yeah. Because even recently when Chris Evans left the radio show, I yeah. mean, I can't remember the name of the lady who took over, but she's great and she's lost millions of viewers, I think. And it's it's probably not because of her. It's probably just because it's like, this isn't Chris. This is, a, this is, a, this is an institution. Yes, yeah. and, and uh, we miss that routine because yeah. it's just important for people to get in their like, car and hear the same thing again like again. I stopped listening to radio what I, I stopped listening to um, radio on in the morning when yeah. Nick Grimshaw left oh, did you yeah Yeah. I mean I like Greg James don't get me wrong yeah but Grimmy, I liked Grimmy in the morning <laughs> and, and that is the, I think that's probably one of the most unpopular opinions in, uh, <laughs> yeah this is this is over <laughs> yeah just hear my footsteps leaving <laughs> but yeah. you're right but I think that they're so fucking bland most of yeah. them are so fucking very similar <laughs> apart from Apart from like Greg James and Nick Grimshaw, sure. they are all so interchangeable and bland. Like, I've mentioned him before and he's probably a nice guy or whatever, but Roman Kemp, I cannot stand him. Oh, I've never heard. What is he, what, what does he do? <laughs> he is a, he's, um, he's, he does the, brec- the breakfast at on Capital FM. Oh, gosh, gotcha, okay. So. And he loved, apparently every song's amazing. Okay. <laughs> Every song is amazing okay. and it's wonderful, and that's just not true. <laughs> they're not allowed to have. They're actually, you want more cynicism on your? Yeah, own. I want. I want not not cynicism. I want more objectivity. Okay. Yeah. And I think that's what you get with podcasts instead of actual radio. Yeah. Well, I mean, you just get so much variety in form, and it blew my head off listening to some kind of, um, you know, even serial. I, I always think of that as like the first kind of big big podcast in my mind mm. yeah you get a lot more flexibility and, yeah. and niches which yeah. is amazing I mean that's that's the fascinating thing is when you've given people like the market and the consumers yeah. their ability to talk yeah. it's like god yeah there's, there's podcasts on everything you, know, mm. you listen to a crochet podcast there's probably yeah. competition in the crochet yeah. world that's it it's probably a bad example <laughs> the, I think like when it comes to radio the only thing that's been consistent in how it's produced yeah 
It's the Archers. The Archers, yes. <laughs> now, that's an institution. That's an institution. Yeah, man. Like, I'm waiting for the big episode, like the big climax episode of the Archers. Have you said, wait, do you still listen to it? I have listened. I've had friends who have been on it. Have you? Yeah, that's where, yeah, they source us from where we're from. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> I had a girlfriend who was there on it. Oh, Jesus. That was, yeah, that was big. That was big when I was with her. Oh, my God. Miss <laughs> those days. But... Yeah. yeah, that's. I think the Archers is probably one of the like. I don't really listen to it. Yeah. But the theme songs remain the same. Yeah. I think from what I remember, a lot of the characters have remained the same. The ones who haven't been killed off yet. Yes. <laughs> well, even recently, I mean, it actually is my mum listens to it a lot. So I hear the you know the word on the street. There was a character who was quite dark. He was quite manipulative. Yeah. And I think there might have even been a court case. And it was quite exciting <laughs> oh for a while. Oh my and then, gosh. And I know there was this like weird time for the archers where there was actual sort of tension. And actual, th- actual things happening. And, and people hated it. Like, uh, well, they were on, you know, they were online saying, no, we don't like him. No, but what? Want him. Well, they hated him, or they hated the fact that there was something that there was I think something did. actually happening on the archers. <laughs> well, I think they resented. Yeah, I think they didn't know that they liked him. They they kind of wanted their sort of cabbage patch drama back. But yeah, uh, yeah, it seemed that he was actually. I don't know who got in the writers' room, but someone brought someone brought a dark. Someone, someone narrative. accidentally put a shot of tequila in the orange juice. <laughs> yeah. And anyway, let's just, get freaky today. Let's do it, yeah. <laughs> let's shake this shit up. <laughs> yeah. But it's wild. Yeah, but I just think that there's not enough there's not enough actual opinions on radio and you're not allowed to but well, to be fair, they're not really allowed to because look at how many look at who well, if you say the wrong thing, you can lose your job. Yeah, 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 yeah. Who was it recently who said the? To be fair, Chris Moore. Like, Chris Moore was it? No, not was Chris Moore. It was uh, Danny. Was it Danny? Danny Baker. Danny Baker. Yeah, yeah. Which, He's, uh, I mean, uh, was it a monkey? Was it a monkey thing? Yeah, it was a monkey comment. Yeah, he lost yeah, it. Yeah, lo- that was on um, XFM. Yeah, uh, you might be right. Was it? Yeah. Ab- it was either Absolute or XFM. We've been with them for years. Years. Or oh, Radio X. Maybe Radio X. One of them. Yeah. One of the, One of those more. <laughs> One of, those more, yeah, one of those more indie slash alternative sort yeah. of radio, radio things. Yeah, and he lost it. So. Yeah, but he, again, he's an institution. Yeah, yeah. And he bounced back as well. Oh, is he back on? No, and he, well, he's I don't know, bad. but he'll, he probably will bounce back. I would think so. And it's very hard to, like, with cancel. I mean, I, I kind of agree that they should have had, he should have had, like, a bit of time off from the radio, but cancel culture for me is kind of annoying yeah where do you think we're at with it well where do I think we're at with it I think speaking comedy yeah I'm in comedy <laughs> fucking hell yeah. um, well Louis C.K. still tours is he is he touring now he still tours man okay. he's killing it in the US yeah. oh really like yeah um, I, I think that it's good that we have it's good what what liberals are doing well what a lot of liberals are doing is is good yeah right but I also think that when you're in the context of a comedy club, yeah. I think there there should be different rules to what there are what there are outside. Yeah. I, I, but I, I, that, but then again, it's freedom. No, there's freedom of speech. Yep. But then there's freedom to react to the freedom of speech. Right. Yeah. And and it's difficult because yeah. it's Louis C.K. did wrong. Yeah. And I almost feel like I don't know if I could listen to him and enjoy it anymore because 
there's just too much context behind it. Yeah. But then if people want to hear him, you know, what are you going to do if people want to hear him? So, it, I don't know with the whole kind of piece yeah. of I very much stay away from any kind I worry too much about it. You know me and my rules. I'm too, like, <laughs> nice, but I worry too much. You know, I wouldn't... I stay away from even swearing. I'm so sort of PC. But the people that... There is a kind of... It's very rare, actually, in the UK. Like, in our circle, the London circle... I was thinking about this the other day. Who does dark comedy? I know very Tiny one. Who, oh, duh. Tiny one does dark comedy. Okay. Uh, I'd say... Will Hits on those does some dark... Okay. Will Hits on some dark comedy. Um... David Anthony does very dark comedy. Oh yeah. Yeah. As a, <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Um, who else does some dark comedy? Um, I venture into it occasionally, but oh, then, but, I venture into it occasionally, imagine. but then back up, but then like back up immediately. Like yeah, you still You're smiling, totally happy. Sorry. Um, who else can be quite dark? Um, but are they telling jokes that are? You know, the sort of, I'm thinking of the sort of Jesselnik joke, so it's like, this is structurally dark, like, this is a topic or a... Yeah, like, okay. I think Taddy was sort of does. Okay. Taddy was sort of does. Um, I think the... Who... Oh! Ah, Jonathan Cogan. I don't know. John Cogan, <laughs> no. he's, he's, been, he's been going for like a year, yeah. but he's, yeah. He's very dark. Okay. He's very, very dark. He's actually coming on the podcast next week. Oh, brilliant. So, there yeah, you go. This is a uh, light and day. Yeah. <laughs> but I think there are... I think there are a lot... I think there are quite a few people who do venture into that... Okay. Venture onto that side. Yeah. But there's... I think there's also the, the want to kind of be, you know, seen by certain people. And sure. if you want to be noticed by certain people... You can't be completely dark because that's not always what they're looking for. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, you'd be excluded from a lot of kind of big contests, probably. Yeah. I mean, the thing I was thinking is people that worry that, like, PC culture ruins comedy. I, I think it's better. I mean, I think the more PC, the more rife the tension is to yeah. come and, and be excellent. But I, I think if you're going to be... Controversial in inverted quotes. Yeah, yeah. Be great. Be really great. And yeah. I see a lot of people begin comedy and it's their first ten gigs and they try it. And oh, I think, that's I think, the worst. I think, wait, yeah, that's and that's the fucking worst. I'll like, do bad. like a Michael Jackson joke or a Jimmy Savile joke sure, or a sure. fuck it or, a, and they'll try and do that to kind to kind of shock and get the audience on the side. And right. it just turns me to fuck off. Yeah, me too. Me too. Because I think it's good. You know, you come loaded with something. You, you want a reaction from people at the start and you're kind of desperate for a reaction and yeah. so I think taking something that's already loaded with preconceptions I get why people do it but uh, yeah if you're not being really really funny I, uh, people don't give you a pass yeah. you know the audience is a sort of adjudicator of that uh, when I interviewed Rob Mulholland like, a few months ago oh, sure, he gave yeah. me some great he gave me some just great advice he just yeah. said right when you're starting out be as simple be as simple as you can okay. because that's how because you're trying to build yourself you're building yourself up right and you're not yeah. and you're trying to find your voice yes and you need to be very very talented to be able to go into those darker into those darker places and that can take like a year and a bit Right, yeah, it's really, well, I, I kind of agree with that. I, I feel like if you start, and it sounds like a daft thing to say, but I, I feel like start with jokes. I think yeah. a lot of people start with personality, and yeah. that's great. Uh, and it's great to see, you can see the people that have a lot to them when they're on stage. Yeah. Start with jokes, I think. If you're worried about it, begin with the craft. Yeah. You know, begin with 
simple reversal of expectation to get up there and, yeah. and, and, and begin with that. I think a lot of people probably sidestep that. I, side, I definitely sidestep that in the beginning. Okay. I definitely try to be as dark and edgy as possible. Okay. And then realise that that's not how it's going to... Like, I'm just not being very good at this point, at sure. that point. So trying to I sort of switch gears a little bit yeah. into not exactly family friendly stuff but no masturbation jokes because every because everyone's got because everyone has got, got an angle everyone's got an angle <laughs> on a masturbation joke and like none of them are any ever good sure <laughs> yeah so I want to do a compilation show of just everyone's best masturbation jokes get it out of the way and then go right no more <laughs> we've done it once a year <laughs> then we're good do you know what I'm going to uh, do you know what I might uh, do you know what I'm going to I'm not going to say it on here because I've <laughs> okay. got an idea about what I want to do when I MC when I MC a couple of gigs near yeah. Christmas but yeah anyway I'll let you know <laughs> that something relevant to yeah well, it's, it's just something well I'm going to masturbate that's what yeah. you're <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to fucking white, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make it a white Christmas up in here <laughs> that's a beautiful thought I know <laughs> man so lovely so speaking of comedy man like where was your first gig I had a weird, weird start to comedy in that, so, the, this, I'm trying to not make this a long answer. Essentially, Do my it, friend, no, make, it as, sure? long, make sure? it as long as possible, I don't okay, care. Okay, oh, sure, brilliant, well, we'll stretch this out. Well, essentially, my friend sent me, um, I got really lucky because my friend sent me this three-week course in Oxford, and it wasn't even a comedy course, it was comedy-themed, but it was a time where we all could go, we all lived in halls of residence, they... <laughs> they paid for the halls, they paid for our food, it was all paid for, and we just put on a show. And it was for the, and it, it's a bizarre thing, they still do it, it's called North Wall, if anyone is interested. North it's in Wall. Oxford. Uh, in Oxford. When does it, when does it run? Like... Um, God, what can, I think it's during the summer, it might have been a July thing. It's not always comedy, but I think it's every year, and it's yeah. for people who they said needed it. It's for people, a lot of people who felt like they didn't necessarily have direction at the time. And I was really lucky to get on. And I met people there who were already doing comedy and were already doing... What, what, stand-up or doing... Everything. Stand-up and sketch and song and uh, actors. And it was a bizarre mix of people who all had comedy in common and nothing else. Just an eclectic group of people. Um, and we did the show for three weeks, and I'd never considered stand-up. I always liked doing comedy acting, but yeah. stand-up wasn't on the radar. Um, because I don't like talking about myself. I tried it once a long time, wasn't it? It was a stand-up workshop at uni. I hated it. I got up and talked about myself, and it felt alien, and I felt uncomfortable. And when I met these people at Oxford, they showed me the kind of fringe, underbelly, mm. as it were, side of comedy, where you can do anything. It was open yeah um, and they were also different and and that got me into it and and we put on a show essentially at the end of it and we decided to take it to Hackney in London nice. um, and we just booked this gig and that was my first gig uh, and, and it was just writing five to ten minutes cold just comedy stand-up and we'd none of it done it um, and we all challenged ourselves to do an aspect of comedy we hadn't done before so the people who had done stand-up did song and the people who did song and stand-up and we kind of switched most of it and most of us did and that was the first gig that's amazing um, and it was great <laughs> it was so great. you so you did stand-up i'm guessing and right? it was stand-up when i did it yeah okay and it was 
it was quite stylistically I mean I've been going six months now consistently really yeah that's what I'd say and, and it was quite stylistically similar in that it was a little odd and silly but um, yeah it showed me the world that you can kind of you don't have to you don't have to talk about yourself that was always something I was so worried about I never wanted me to be the subject of comedy uh, why well, talk about me when I could talk about anything that's uh, true. so that, that was what they kind of taught me yeah um, and then my second gig was the Bath Comedy Contest I did a contest because I was an Bath idiot Comedy Contest <laughs> yeah. mate I don't know if you've done it no it's fun <laughs> it's a waste if you go all the way down it's a long way to go but it was a long way to go but, but it was great but did you how far did you get unbelievably Nathan I did quite well I went to the finals nice one good for you it was good and it, it, it was I mean contests are a lot of good fortune and I, I yeah. got I got very, very lucky, I think, but it was an experience I needed because not that I was excessively good, but whatever the judges, they pick people, don't they? They pick yeah. two people. It happened to be the person on that particular day, and that was like what I held on to for like the next year. I was like, I've done this thing. Yeah. I can't believe this has gone well. Nothing else has uh, in terms of creativity. And that's why I wanted to move. I was like, this is quite a lot. That's amazing. <laughs> it's nuts, it's nuts. It's so, very lucky. So, yeah. how did you find the... Well, how, break down the course for me. How did you find it? Yeah, it was, it was amazing. It, it, the teachers sort of, they didn't... <laughs> so I'm just going to list to the yeah, left. Yeah. Um, the teachers didn't know what, what it was going to be. There were sort of two tutors who were in the kind of world of comedy and, and performance. And at the start, I think they thought we're going to put on a devised theatre piece. Yeah. And I think when they met us, they said, let's just put on like a bonanza. Let's just, everyone's so different. There's no way we can put on something that's cohesive with these people. Mm. So in the end, they just went, we're going to do bits. Everyone's going to do their bit. Um, and you had three weeks to kind of come up. The first two weeks, we just experimented. And then the yeah. last week was come up with something. Um and we all did very, very odd kind of uh, pieces. So I think I did something about, uh, I, I, was, I was trapped in a box on stage. I wasn't in the box, there was a box on stage yeah. and I wasn't on stage. And then I was saying to the audience, I'm trapped in a box yeah. and they need someone's help. And that was it. And that was a lot of it, which was odd. And, and, and everyone that sort of did it, it was very odd. Um, but it was, uh, it was great, it was a good start. You just have that openness, you know. Mm. So, did that teach you a lot about writing comedy and like how to? Yeah, I think honestly, it was just that the, the liberation. It was the idea that you could do anything, and that was never something that clocked to me before. I, th- I think it was, yeah, I'm such a rule follower, and yeah. this was the first time in my life I felt like, you know, let's do something that is. It, is abstract and, yeah. and, and doesn't follow <laughs> so, laws of comedy. You know? So how did it, so let's go back to the rule thing. Like, yeah. where do you think that came from? Like, in the following rules. God, you know, I don't know. I suppose I just kind of like a, a, a goody two shoes my whole life. I was not okay. very kind of uh, regimented. I mean, because I love school, I was basically naughty until the age of four. <laughs> went to went to school and it's oh, a, until the age of four. Just four. <laughs> then I straightened out. <laughs> until the age of four this kid's gonna be a, a, a menace <laughs> four. and then and then school just changed me i just became very quiet and uh, interested in so being in my own head so do you think so would you say that's a 
good thing or bad thing that it's regimented you? God, I don't know. I mean, it's good in some aspects of my life in terms of discipline. I mean, that's a big part yeah. of comedy, isn't You see, it? I'm yeah. so undisciplined, oh, really? it's unreal. What, it, really, in terms of... Because you gig a lot. I gig a lot, yeah. That's, that's sort of discipline. That's, yeah, that yeah. is sort of discipline. Yeah. But, like, outside of it, it's like, okay, okay, okay. That's okay. Pretty, yeah. Not like, are you a, a big writer? Would you sit down and... I don't sit down and okay. completely write. I will write on my phone like just things will come to my head will come to my head yeah and then i will just sort of script it out like on the day that i'm gonna try and before that i'm gonna try and do it okay. and then record it whilst i'm video record it whilst i'm doing it yeah look back see where and see where and see what needs see what he's speaking and then craft it on stage yeah or, pretty much okay, that's yeah. interesting i like when people tell me that because that yeah. is the polar opposite to what i would do i mean um, i'll still it'll still be scripted sure don't sure. get me wrong but but it's yeah. living on stage a little uh, bit yeah a little bit yeah i feel very i think maybe it's because i'm new but it, i feel very much it's hey i'm new as so i'm new we're that's both new well. yeah both that is new. true like true. come on we're but both... i look up to you mate oh thanks <laughs> You're a popular guy in the industry. Really? <laughs> oh, you're the biggest guy in the room, man. Really? Nathan's in the room. Yeah, you bring a good energy. I like really? it. Thank you. Definitely. Um, fuck it. I don't know what to do now. I've been complimenting. I've been, I've been complimenting. Why is I this? I've not done this. No one's given you a compliment on I this. I mean, yeah, I've been complimenting. Of course I do. But it's like, it's, <laughs> it is weird. Like, it's weird. I just find it weird getting complimented for things that I don't even, like, I don't even notice are good things okay. I think they're like things that you should be doing as maybe a comic or whatever you're doing yeah, yeah. that makes sense well it's important I think it's important to kind of look at what uh, aspects of your personality people like yeah, yeah that's so you true. can get it on stage isn't that's it? true you know, you're such a fun loving guy I think that translates on stage and it's so important yeah. it's so odd if you got that up there and we're uh, you know sort of in a... yeah oh my life shit <laughs> yeah exactly it would be like this doesn't quite connect even if you yeah. were telling me it's not great on stage yeah. I'm still kind of like but look you're having so much fun yeah it would be, yeah it would be it would be odd so yeah. I think that's a big part of it isn't it so what's your writing process like? Um, yeah, I, God, I'm very much like pen and paper, I sit down and like I'll give myself like a, you know, I try and write every day. So it's trying yeah. to like, let's get a joke out uh, yeah. every day. And that's really they're, good. They're bad, but they're very bad. I mean, I guess that's kind of the point, isn't it? That you yeah. get it out, that you've got to get out. Oh, God, yeah, I write a lot of nonsense, but yeah, I try and sit down 20 minutes an hour a day. And how much of that makes it to the stage? God, percentage. Not a lot makes it to say. I would say maybe 10, 15-20% of it at least. Maybe less. Maybe that. Maybe 10% I say on stage. And then even less it is usable. Yeah. Um, cause some, things are, some things even get up there and they're funny and they just kind of don't connect in my mind. I think it's not clean enough. Because like, a lot of what I do is kind of like one-liners or they're, yeah. you know, they're, they're kind of conceptual things. And... and and, and when you write like that, it's yeah. it, it's easy to write something on paper and you go, yeah. oh, that's interesting. And then you realise very quickly it's not funny yeah. and it doesn't it doesn't make sense to other people. That's it. Um, yeah. Um, but it's interesting because I feel like I feel like if you write surreal comedy, yeah, that's the kind of like, if you're writing strange stuff, that, the difficult thing is making people able to connect with that. It's, yeah. it's finding like the logic in abstract concepts. And that's the challenge. Yeah. Whereas I think if you write comedy that is 
uh, more based in reality. It's kind of, you're trying to expose illogic in reality. Yeah. Right? So it's kind of the opposite. And I think I prefer the former. Mm. And I find the latter an incredible challenge. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Because you don't like writing about yourself. That's a, that's. A, yeah, I don't. Yeah. And you're the opposite, aren't you? You're sort of you write a lot yeah. more about yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I I am the butt of my own jokes. Right. And that's, <laughs> and that's, but I think that kind of comes from like making the joke before someone else makes the joke first if that makes okay, sense you want to be yeah. to that's it and I think that's okay. makes you sort of more I think for me that yeah. makes me sort of more relatable yes. to other people yeah. so ah he acknowledges this about himself yeah that's great that's good for, good for him well there's something amazing about when someone goes up on stage and they knock it out of the park about who they are immediately I mean I've never got I've never got to one of those lines yet. No, I mean, but when it's... someone gets, oh, really? well, it's it's when someone goes up and they they look a certain way and they say how they look and you, and there's something that's like a relief from the audience. They're like, oh, they know. Yeah. And then you're in, you know. I got that. I did that last week. Okay. Um, because I've been doing that kind of thing for a while. Yeah. But then I restructured the opening line for the first time last week, okay. and it was like, oh. It seems to work a lot better. What is it? You don't have to say the line. What are, what are you clocking about yourself? That I look like a certain celebrity. Okay. If, so, yeah. Right. And that's like brilliant. A, a, down, a, down, a downgraded version of that, of a certain celebrity. Okay, amazing. But, yeah, but do you prefer laughs or gro- what? Okay, do you still count yeah. a groan as a laugh? No. Or like, ooh, or like an ooh. Or like an ooh. There's something interesting. I think if that is part of the narrative of the story, you've got people, right? They're still yeah. listening. It's yeah. good because people are still listening. Yeah. They're still emoting. For the way I do no, I, I don't like a groan. I mean, one of my least favourite sound effects is when uh, you get like a way, a kind Wee. of acknowledgement that it's that it's conceptually funny, yeah, but it's not funny. It's, yeah, I hate it's, that. I find that brutal. Groans are brutal. Um, I guess people are listening. Ooh, so good. I don't ooh. get those, but like, ooh. Ooh. Yeah, like, ooh. but there's something about that. You can, if you're immediately able to then recapture the energy yeah. and change the momentum again, yeah. you, you, you've got them again. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. Yeah. But so, what's been your, what's been the worst bomb that you've ever done? Oh, I tell you what, this is easy. Because <laughs> <laughs> this is like straight to mind. Um, it was in. I see. Uh, earlier, I was saying I got to the finals of the contest. The finals of that contest were really awful for me um, because it, I, I just was awful. I mean, it was my inexperience showed. It was a big room and it was a hundred people. Oh and Jesus! I done three gigs um, my whole life. Uh, four gigs and three of them were in the contest, and that one was terrible. I mean. It was odd because it was at that time it was very kind of like deadpan. I was just saying yeah. jokes. Yeah. No one was laughing, so I just did a monologue. I mean, I just did like a drama piece because oh, no Jesus. one laughed. Like no one said anything. Oh Jesus! And then I was gone, and it was so surreal. Oh god! I mean, that was a bomb. Um, but I remember being so happy I was there. So yeah. it wasn't that wasn't the worst I felt, but that was. I mean, categorically, I mean, no, someone's mum yeah. came to sit, like, it was there, the contest that I knew, and, she, yeah, she, 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 she couldn't even spit out a compliment. She was like, oh, you know, did you have a good time? Did you enjoy, like, did you enjoy yourself? Do you know what the worst thing I hate, the thing that I hate, when yeah. audiences come up to you and say, that was so brave of you. Brave. <laughs> right. 
my butt. I really respect you for going up there and doing this. I can never do it. I was like, all right, just tell me it was bad. Wouldn't that be refreshing if they went, that wasn't good? Yeah. Not your best. Yeah, just say, just say I wasn't good that night. Yeah. My one. Yes, I'd love to hear that. Okay, I was in Nottingham a few months, it must have been in May or something like that. It was a massive room. Yep. About 100 people. Decent enough crowd. I hadn't learned mic technique properly. Well, I had learned mic technique, but like I yeah. keep forgetting. I kept forgetting to like put the mic up a bit um, high, um, up to my mouth. Okay. Because I'm used to like the smaller rooms and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, like, you know, fair enough. Yep. I was getting some laughs. Blah blah. blah. And oh, um, for context, there were two critics in the room. By the way, okay. two critics. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, we. I was moving around the stage and saying my stuff getting some okay laughter yeah i fall off the stage oh <laughs> <laughs> probably stack it like just how do you land i, I land on my feet but like <laughs> like it was literally like dum, dum. <laughs> what was what did you say straight after um i just like, continued I, I just, I just, there you go, um, yeah. yeah i just continued i didn't even acknowledge it <laughs> Yeah. Didn't even acknowledge it. Great. Just continued and went on. And did were people still enjoying it? They were still enjoying it. So they were te- thinking about it. It's technically not. <laughs> so it's technically not a bomb, but that's like my worst experience. That for me, that was my worst personal experience okay. on stage. Yeah. I think my worst bomb would have probably been in just in Edinburgh. Okay. Actually. Yeah. Um, I just. It was one of the. I think it must have been like just one of the seven performances where I died my yeah. ass, <laughs> yeah. and just no one was receptive to it. No one. No one. Did you get nothing? What, nothing. What? Yeah, me too. So it was like <laughs> so, ten yeah. minutes of absolute silence. Oh, it's crazy, that isn't it? I don't know. It was fifteen minutes of absolute like <laughs> a bit of laughter at the beginning, yeah, and then silence, and then a few groans. Interspersed in between. It's the loudest noise, is that silence. Oh, it's the worst. Tinnitus in your ears. And it's mental because it's almost like you feel like, even coincidentally, you might say something funny in 10 minutes, you know? And they hate, yeah, yeah. But I think one of the tricks is to become comfortable with silence. Yeah, yeah. Because even when you're bombing, you can still be comfortable with it, it's I guess. It's the people that enjoy it and get the thrill off of it. And I yeah. think, like, yeah, if you can start to like it in that sick way... Oh, I like, think, I think that... Oh, yeah, I, find, I find that dangerous. I would never really? like bombing. <laughs> I would never like bombing. Well, I see some people afterwards and they're like, yeah, they're like, you know... Names and names, go on. Bulletproof. No, I don't, I, I, I don't know if anyone comes to mind about it, but... I've, yeah, got, a, really I've, I've, got, I've got a couple of people that come to mind. Who, who's good at bombing? Elliot Dallas. Oh, Brit, yeah, Elliot, yeah, he's, he's such a nice guy. Like he's brilliant. He's so I nice. think he's hilarious. I haven't seen him bomb. Why? What does he do when he bombs? He, he just, just continues on. I'm like fair play to him. Do the set. I agree. Yeah. Do yeah. the set. Yeah. The yes. Try not to go off the right. I think just say it all. That's it. And then leave. Fuck <laughs> it, yeah. Little Elliot. He's got a great line about Captain America. It's he great. does. I won't ruin it, but God love yeah. him. Hello, Elliot Dallas, if you're I listening. Love him. So, go, let's just talk about the people we like. Isn't the comedy scene delightful? It. Do you know yeah, what? Like it, it, it can be. I think it really. I think. Yeah. Do you know what? I've sort of surrounded my. I've. St- I've made a decision to like surround myself with people that I like. Funnily yeah. enough. Okay. Funnily <laughs> enough. Yeah, funnily enough. Yeah. And yeah. like to leave and to sort of leave people who I find a bit 
off sure. in the dust. Sure. Because I just find it can be such a, it can be a toxic environment. Yeah. There's no point letting it be a toxic environment. Well, it can be a toxic environment if you let it be a toxic environment. So why let it be a toxic environment? That's totally fair. And there's you're right. There's a lot of there's a lot of arrogance and there's a lot of like self obsession. Yeah. And that's bad. Um, but the people that keep it light are the people that you know. Yeah. And it's silly, isn't it? It's keep, keep keep the people that keep comedy light. But yeah. Um, yeah. The people that are. You gravitate towards them. Yeah, like there's you, for me there's you, Dave Mullen, um, (laughs) Michal Paka, Joy Bates, Luke Jordan, um, Ashish, 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 Gary Michaels, Rudy Elias, like like loads of, there are so many decent people in this circuit. And it's amazing, isn't it, you think? Yeah. Yeah, and they're all bound by the same kind of thing as you. Yeah, the nice people are the best people you've ever met. Yeah. That is kind of how I feel with them. Um, yeah, it gets easier. That is the thing about comedy. It's kind of horrible at start, and then you make friends, and then you're in it together. It's, yeah. You're going into the battle together. That's it. Oh, and Will Hit as well. He's, quite, he's nice, too. Will Hit. Yeah. I haven't even talked to that guy. Well, I do it. He's very, nice. Very, very funny guy. Yeah. He's a very... We saw him last week, didn't we? We it's did amazing. see him last week, yeah. Park, man. Oh. Yeah, I love that. I, I love idolizing people. Like, I love when I see people who are amazing. Yeah. And they give you that, like, I gotta be better. Yeah. And that was one of those sets. Like, yeah. you can, like, you can. I mean, I can do what he does, sure. but it watching people like him yeah. just means okay, I need to somehow make my writing better. Yes. Yeah. I've got to go back, and I like that. That's the good thing. I mean, I'm so much more motivated by the defeats, the yeah. the bombs. You know, if I have a good gig, you, you go home, do you write? Like, you, it's not your best stuff. When you're bad, or when you watch people who so outshine you, yeah. I like that, because it's like, you're incredible, I'm jealous, let's go home and let's make it better. Yeah. I don't know, I like that. <laughs> so, this is a bit that people find quite uncomfortable, but okay. I love doing it anyway. Chris, uh, if you have, if you give me any advice oh, sure. based on my set, yeah. what would it be? Oh, that's interesting. When was the last time I saw you? Let's try and remember a certain set. Did we see each other at uh, Right Funny Comedy recently? Or were you not performing? I wasn't performing. Was... I saw you. Yeah, you saw me. I saw you. <laughs> I you saw me. I remember the last time I saw you. Then. I think the last time I saw you might have been the last time I performed at Not Another Comedy Night. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, possibly. Yes. Yeah, that was when I was there. I don't remember your set, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's even worse. That's the worst criticism. <laughs> like, no, that's fine. I don't even fucking remember. That's fine. And, God, I mean, you sell it with your personality, right? Yeah. So you get yeah. up and you sell it with your personality and people are in. Um, but anyway, are you nervous when you're on stage? Can be. There's a bit of a fidgety. Yeah. There's a bit of fidgety. My friend Stephen was a bit like, and he was great as well. He was so funny. There's there's a sort of fidgety nature to people who are very high energy. Yeah. And there's something a bit distracting even about, and I'm just talking stage presence because I never criticise people's jokes or comedy because I I, I think that is up to people to figure out. And I I do think you're uh, very strong at that. But it's, yeah, maybe it's a bit of that stage presence where it's like, I want you to be locked in to your energy. Yeah. And out of your body a little bit. Because when it starts showing in your body, and God, yeah. I do this as well, I'm not flicking around with a light. Yeah. When it starts showing in your body, it go, it gets 
um, people get distracted. It's, yeah. distract- it's, in an, it's in an odd place. It's like, why am I watching his hands? Yeah. I want to just be feeling that energy. That's it. So maybe lock yourself in more to, like, you know you're a charismatic it's the flick, guy. It's the, flick, it's the flicking thing, isn't it? It's a little bit of that, the yeah. Thing, yeah. That's what I'm remembering. I think if you could get all that energy that you've got and get all the charisma and be confident in that and just, like, I'm stood still and people are locked in, I think people are yeah. going to listen better. Yeah. Um, that would be what I'd say. I'm not going to lie. I remember that night very well. Yeah. Because the woman before me was it was silence oh really <laughs> like there was silence I suppose that's and I was just like it. okay oh shit this is I'm either gonna die my ass or I'm yep. gonna bring the thing back well actually wait no it was um, it wasn't that night it was um, Monty's that I saw it, that we did saw I? did you see did I see it at Monty's no man okay <laughs> forget everything okay yeah, um, doesn't matter like, but I had not another comedy night yeah the lady before the woman who before me I can't remember her name like she died on her ass yeah, and yeah. it was just like oh god it's going to be my job now to bring the audience back up that's what people like you are for I feel like that's what <laughs> that's like, that is job. like get Nathan in there it's like that's what I would do if I was a booker I'd be like someone's died let's get the most high energy kind of like you know person who's going to get some kind of something going yeah so I feel like you should enjoy that more it, yeah it, it's the people who are deadpan if they have silence and then they have to come into that that's hard yeah uh, but I feel like yeah if you see a silence fucking like think right time to fill this room yeah baby see that's I've sort of become more comfortable with that role yeah. since actually a couple of weeks ago at, uh, at a comedy night where yeah. four like three people before me sat almost near enough silence yeah and it was quite funny because one person brought like seven of their friends down and even their yeah. friends were just like this oh, really? isn't funny this isn't funny well that's horrible I know I know <laughs> like, yeah. and then you run in and yeah so it was actually my job to like bring the audience back up a little it's, bit it's so interesting using the word role and job because that is it's easy to forget this is can be a job yeah uh, you know we're not getting paid all the time but it's it's the, yeah you go in and go right it's my job to make these people laugh let's go I mean one of the big things we learned um at university was as actors entering a scene and bringing a different atmosphere with you um, because an atmosphere exists in the room you can change that and I think that's the power is when yeah. you see someone come in I mean even people with such nuts like Richard Dodd I saw recently who's Richard Dodd okay name. is that his name Richard Todd Todd is it Richard Todd am I getting it totally wrong the sort of older guy who's Ken Dodd kind of is it Ken not Dodd? Ken Dodd I, I do mean a, a circuit guy anyway it, Wait, a cer- wait, one of our Someone cer- on the circuit. One of our, I mean, our circuit. Our circuit, London circuit. Richard Todd, Todd? it'd be Richard Todd, yeah. I think I'm actually saying his name. Anyway, he comes up and he, yeah, he had a quiet room, but he came on and he made it about him. Yeah. Again, and, and, and it's, yeah, that stuff's quite important. Yeah. Uh, bring an atmosphere with you. Think, yeah. Like, what's my atmosphere? I'm going to change this room. And, and, uh, yeah. I think that's quite, I think, yeah, that's a very important thing to do. If you can. Yeah. <laughs> I can't. But what do you mean, what do you, mean you can't? Well, it's, it, it's it, you know, early days, but I think that's part of, like, the, what no, you I want think, to do, isn't it? I think you can do that. No, I, think, <laughs> no, I just can't. Because that's what it is. Like, you're, you're very happy and smiling. You're very happy and smiling yeah. on stage. <laughs> and, like, you're quite, you are quite energetic. With the energy, guys. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's en- funny. When I first started, it was like, yeah, I didn't want to do that. And then eventually, you just go, like... Well, the thing is, you say you don't want. Uh, the thing is, you say you don't want to write by yourself, but yeah. a lot of your personality has come through onto stage. Well, that's good. I appreciate that. That's what I'm kind of hoping that you feel like. Yeah, you don't actually have to talk about yourself to let people into your kind of world. No. And, and to know who you are, I think you can get. You know, if someone's talking about 
you know, whatever it is, they play frisbee. It's like you get them from them and what they say yeah. and the way the way the way they would uh, use words. So yeah, um, yeah, I don't know. That's the kind of thing I want to work on. Yeah, um, I like that you get people to criticise you. What a good bit. What like, is, what's the worst shit you've ever got? Has anyone ever like roasted you? Um, no, he just. Um, it was Michael Hall, who was like my third guest. It must have been like very early. It's either uh, early January, very early January. Yeah. And it was like one of the best criticisms I had. Um, um, one of the best criticisms I got, and he just said, "Stop doing this. Um, stop, stop doing, doing this the, um, the um, stop doing this joke." I was yeah. like, and he was like, because there's just it just comes very left field, okay. and no one like and even though it's funny yeah. you're just doing it to shock people and I was like yeah that's great that's great okay. and then you got rid of the joke yeah yeah great <laughs> uh, well it's not it's not got rid of because you never really get rid sure, of it okay, because fine. it's like it's, it's shale it's shelved and it's just not research it's not sure. been taken off the shelf yet yeah 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 so and I think that the reason I do that the reason I do the criticism, yeah. criticizing thing is because if you're not willing to take advice you're not going to grow right and it's good to like get and I think that people uh, people at our level are very busy focusing on themselves and therefore aren't likely to give you give you give you much criticism unless you actually ask for it and also I think a lot of them are quite scared to be criticised themselves so they find it a bit weird doing it to other people yeah right yeah it feels a bit kind of God, I wouldn't necessarily do it like straight up to someone's set, like, hey, listen, but yeah. <laughs> if someone asked for it, yeah, yeah, I think I think everyone could say, you know, we all kind of know what's good or not. Yeah. The audience just reads, all audience members can kind of read what's good or not. I think yeah. any audience member could probably tell you what to do better if you're yeah. willing to kind of poll them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe that should be the last minute of all our uh, five minutes. Like, what? let's get some feedback. <laughs> yeah, fuck it, yeah. Four minutes so, of jokes, one minute of feedback. Yeah, fuck it, why not? Like, 30 seconds of feedback. Like, 30 seconds of feedback. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just turn around and run it again. That uh, would yeah. piss off so many promoters. That'd be helpful. Yeah, exactly. Like, can you stop it? That uh, would, like, just get... <laughs> we would not get booked by no, anyone. That would be the feedback. They, like, yeah. don't ask for feedback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think that's important. That's a fun segment. Like, it's, it is important, because otherwise you can't grow. No. No, you can't grow. No, and that's not the thing it is, isn't it? It's like forging a fire. This is the hardest thing to... You have to walk through the coals in this a million times over, don't you? So, yeah. yeah. And then you think you get... I always feel like you feel like you're making momentum and then you have a night that teaches you all the lessons and so it's like, oh, I'm not. Well, well, the thing is, everyone bombs, sir. Yeah, yeah. Everyone, everyone eats a bag of dicks every so often. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, Some yeah, like I had, um, over the half-time holiday, I had six gigs. Yeah. Five of them went brilliantly. Brilliant. Number six? Yeah. I lasted about two and a half minutes on stage because it was like it was like um, it's a gong show. What? A gong no, show. no, 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 no! Oh, it was like just... I was supposed to do like five minutes. Yep. I was put on after a head after the headliner because so many different people, so many people turned up. They oh, decided yeah. to um, put people on after the headliner. I was like, okay, great. <laughs> and it was only comics in the audience, and they were like on their phones, yeah. like not interested. I was like, right, yeah. you guys just want to go get pissed, yeah. and so do I. No, I'm no. ending this right now. <laughs> very gracious like yeah like I'd rather kill myself than get killed on stage than die on stage yeah 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 Yeah. I'd rather kill myself than die on stage pretty much so that's how I use that's that's how I think about it yeah 
Yeah. Well, you'd say, like, I'm just going to call it. I'm just going to call it. It's on my own terms, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because you can't really learn anything if you've lost it. No. Uh, interesting. <laughs> I need to do more of that. I know. I, I know, I enjoy... I, yeah, it's, it's, it's difficult with the bombing, isn't it? It's, that's yeah. A, that's a big part of it, is how can you... I feel, I feel hard for people who don't have the kind of like a constitution to deal with it I don't know how you get better at that I guess do it more yeah how do you you know you, it's people that are bulletproof I admire that more than I admire when people suck yeah <laughs> and then a call afterwards they're like doesn't matter shrug it off like, <laughs> like the people who just are getting no reactions yes <laughs> But still, just carry on anyway and yeah. smile and smile afterwards. Yeah, and I was like, yeah. how are you doing this? I know. <laughs> I know. Should we logically we should all be miserable? We should all be bad after that happens. But no, you're right. It's that's part of the game. I like that. Yeah. I like it. So that yeah. '70s show. Yes. <laughs> Hi. So you hadn't watched it until I recommended it to you. I didn't know shit about it. Like there's celebrities in it. I didn't even know. Like, were in it. Like Ashton Kutcher. Yes, yeah, Ashton Kutcher. I knew Ashton. No, you, you can't say Ashton. It's not. Oh, sorry. It's Ashton Kutcher because he's got such a movie. It's a movie star name. Yeah. <laughs> like you can't say that name about being like the trailer guy, the movie trailer guy voice, because. Well, Ashton, I've a- never. Ashton. <laughs> Ashton Kutcher. It's too cool. And then Mila. I knew Mila. And Mila Kunis, right. She's yeah. Great. Topher Grace. Topher, yes, Topher Grace. And I, I didn't even. And uh, Joseph Gordon Levitt, right? Joseph. No. Oh, no. so not in all of them. What? He's in some of them. Yeah. I saw some. the one with him. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, Joseph Gordon Levitt is in some of it. Um, Danny Masterson's in it. Okay. Who's in a bit of trouble, right? He's in a bit of trouble at the minute. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Um, he got me too'd. Oh, did it? Okay. Yeah. Right. Funny enough, he was on the sitcom, another sitcom with Ashton Kutcher, <laughs> um, yeah. which is on uh, called The Ranch, which is on Netflix. Yeah. But since these allegations came up, they fight they had to fire him. Well, okay. And he's a master Scientologist. Not that there's anything <laughs> related, but yeah, nothing related. Part of it. And um, who else? What's her name from uh, Laura Prepon from Orange Is the New Black, okay. which I don't watch, but I hear people do. Okay. Um, and what's his Vilma Valderrama as the oh, yeah, as the as the Asian stereotype? Yes, there was a bit of that. <laughs> But that was the 90s. It was the 90s, yeah. Which is weird. It's weird watching something in the 90s that's about, you know, the 70s. And yeah. Sort of two layers of nostalgia there. Um, yeah. Well, not that nostalgia wasn't, wasn't around uh, for the 70s. And, yeah, it was really interesting. I liked yeah. it. It was very, it was very watchable. Uh, I watched the episode. I picked, uh, I picked one with Mitch Hedberg, who was my yeah. sort of comedy idol, and I knew he was in it. I, that's all I knew about the seventy show. Is I know he has a cameo, or at least is in a few episodes. I don't know if that's yeah. right. So I watched the episode with him, with Joseph Gordon-Levitt. How did it go? How was um, it? Yeah, it's really fun. I mean, it's God. Is it funny? I mean, that was sort of the, the laugh track is the most sort of. Uh, <laughs> like blown up thing big laughs they have which I love about old shows the stings of music in between every scene yeah. like, like, quick cuts exactly like and I love that and the animation um, in between and between yes. in between like the like the sunflower like the sunflower like just does weird things it's amazing it's amazing I wish all that stuff would come back I love and it's so quick like the segues are so quick it's almost like you have a scene with three jokes in it and then it's bang segue yeah. next scene um, I enjoyed it. I'm glad you made me watch it. I think that it's one of the most underrated shows in the night, underrated shows in the 90s. Well, in terms of what? In terms of just uh, entertainment? 
entertainment no, value. I think no one. I think just no one talks about it really anymore. No, it's not. It doesn't seem to be in it. God, is it in anyone's favorites? It's not in the zeit. It's in the zeitgeist, but no one oh, no. pays that much attention to it. Like they, yeah. I think it's better than Friends. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I watched one episode and I liked it more than Friends. Like, it's, um, I think it's more, in a way, it's weirdly more progressive than Friends was. Yeah. Although, like, you say that the one episode I watched was sort of uh, about the sort of fear of Joseph being gay. <laughs> uh, but, but, of its time. Uh, and, yeah, I think better than Friends. I mean, God, if we're talking about Friends, do you hate Friends? I don't hate Friends. Okay. I don't hate Friends. It's, it's just it's one of those things where I was like, well, yay, it's on Netflix. I can watch it whenever I want. Yeah. But I don't really want to watch it. <laughs> I don't want to watch it, I know. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. But I think that it's... The fact that they've got a South Asian character in as yeah, sure, the main yeah. cast, yeah, yeah, yeah. and even though he is a stereotype... It's sort of almost... <laughs> is Yeah, he is a stereotype. Yeah. That's progress. More progress than yeah. Friends did. Yeah, God, it's the most whitewashed show of all time. Is there even like a black character in the background? Is there anyone? Yeah, there is in the background. Think? Is there a character, a main character in Friends that isn't white? Um, in the, it took them ten seasons. <laughs> it took them nine, like nine yeah, seasons. They jumped like, the shark. Like, exactly, jumped the shark moment where they put Aisha Tyler in. Well, Aisha, oh, Aisha really? Tyler in. Um, yeah. Um, oh, she, of course she is. Of course, yes, you're right. Joey's girl. Right, as yes. Joey's girlfriend but then she moves on to Ross right, right. and then they kind of write her out <laughs> they went no they she won't be the one no uh, I didn't know it was the Aisha Tyler yeah um, but yeah back to that 70s show I yeah. think it's great because you even though it is in the 70s mm. it could be it could li- they could literally be placed in any in, in any decade yeah, I think so, right? It feels kind of timeless. Yeah. I mean, it's very just kind of like teenage lifestyle, which yeah. is nice. It's very quaint. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I know there's a million kind of shows that do that, but um, it was kind of very humble. I, I felt yeah. like everyone was quite sweet in it, yeah. if anything, which is kind of rare. I feel like comedy's the other way now. Yeah. Like, unlikable characters now. Mm. Like, I think it's one of the, and I think it's one of the rare sitcoms. Like one, of, actually, no, not rare modern sitcoms. I think it's one of the. Uh, the writing's just so tight. Sure. At least in the first, at least in the first few seasons, yeah. the writing is just so so tight that I think the laugh track, even though it's loud, yeah. there's actually things to laugh at. There are jokes, yeah. There were some really good jokes. Can't yeah. The one that I, I know Mitch still a bit of line. It was uh, like, uh, I didn't lose my legs in the Vietnam War to yeah. serve kids like you, and they're like, yeah. Mitch, you haven't lost your legs, and he goes, yeah. yeah, I know, I told you, I didn't lose my legs in the Vietnam yeah. War. So that's a great joke. And they kind right. of t- they tackle that they and. They tackle things like se- they do tackle things like sexism, okay. like in one of the episodes that I watched recently. Um, Sophia Grace's character couldn't take being beaten by a g- being beaten by his girlfriend in a game of basketball. Right. But what they learned at the end, because obviously they they've got to have a learn, they have to learn something. It's American. <laughs> yeah, right. It's American. They have to have a lesson and they have to learn something. Yeah. <laughs> like he learned that. In a relationship, you shouldn't have to be keep. You shouldn't have to be keeping score of these kind of things, and it's okay that she's better at you yeah. at some things than you, and you shouldn't be uncomfortable with, with that. Right. Well, that's nice. I, yeah, I know. That, you're right. There is kind of a thing about like people growing. Isn't yeah. It? That's that's not something you get anymore. Really. No, but then they'll do the. They'll be the same stupid characters, and they'll have to re. They'll have to like learn 
the same lessons. That's all, effectively learn the same lessons every week and week, week in and week out. But that's why we like sitcoms. Yes, right. Because well, that it's a point now because that is, I think, now sitcoms are moving away a little bit from that. And I think yeah. There is kind of like, I mean, sitcoms are getting darker and sitcoms are kind of things change. But you're right. They used to be about cyclical yeah. nature of life. This yeah. Is it. Um, I think right now, in this day and age, they sort of feel like they have to sort of grow and evolve. But they all, the majority of them, have the same political leaning, and that's yeah. a bit sick. I think that I find that a bit sickly. Yeah, sure. I prefer them having like like um, I prefer them to have no political message, like in that '70s show, than having the same. Oh, we're so liberal. Look right. at us. <laughs> Is that a bit? Have you got one of mine? You think about. Um, Fuller House. Fuller House. Yeah, the first, uh, like the first episode, a kid makes a Trump, uh, a really stupid Trump joke. Yeah. And it just didn't work. You just don't want that. Yeah, no. Um, I want. I do. I do want some politics. Yeah. <laughs> but I want it more balanced. That's fair. Balanced, if not at all. Yeah, I probably not at all, right? I don't yeah. know. It depends. It depends. But I, I, yeah, things are in a very different place. It was refreshing seeing a show where it's like, I mean, I grew up on like comic strokes, and I feel like yeah. that's what a sitcom used to feel like. To me. Yeah. Like, this is the characters that are all wearing the same clothes and they're all doing the same. Like thing. the Beano and things. And like the that. Beano, Beano, yeah, like Calvin and Hobbes and Peanuts. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, peanuts. Uh, oh, peanuts I love Peanuts. Exactly. Yeah. And that kind of stuff, you know, even just comics, I was obsessed with it, and so. Yeah, that appealed to me about the 70s show. I was like, yeah. we live these days. <laughs> yeah. And even though we weren't there, they make it feel like we were there with Yeah, them. definitely, yeah. That was it. I was feeling, oh, I missed... What was I missing about it? But it, it's very iconic, yeah. It's very recognisable, like, everything in it. Yeah. And, it, yeah, just sweet people being nice to each other. Like, even the kind of, like, flirty bits were very sweet. And, like, yeah. I think the parents ran upstairs to have sex in the episode. Yeah. It was, like, very... Like, the presentation was very, like... I think maybe wholesome. Yeah, funny, so. funny enough about being wholesome, um, Mila Kunis, yeah. she was underage playing that character. That's what my friend said when yeah. I said the center. Yeah, 15, yeah. right? Yeah, she was 15. But didn't she sneak in? Yeah, she snuck in, she faked her age. <laughs> and she had to date Ashton. What? Yeah. And how old was Ashton in the show? Because he looks... He is about 18. Yeah, he, oh, really? He's a big lad. Mate, actually, no, he'd have been about 20. Okay. 19, 20. She'd have been about 14, 15 when it's when it's live, and she and um, yeah. All right. <laughs> went, yeah. Well, that's a whole rereading of the show. I need to. But then that's not, that's not the show. That's not really the show's yeah, fault. Sure, that's sure. her wanting the role, or her parents wanting her to get the role, right. and faking her age to get the. And now she's a megastar, so it's almost like how can you? <laughs> yeah. Look back at that with sort of regret. You can't. 15, no. It's fine. Good, she's good, isn't it? She's good. Uh, do you know what? She is great. She plays the spoiled brat, quite a sport brat. Yeah, she like nails it. I wonder if that's part of, you know, <laughs> a personal comment on me, but. But she, I, just, I really find her quite like she's very attractive. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I find her very, very appealing as like from what I've seen of her, like in interviews. So I remember listening to her Howard Stern interview like a few, like a couple of years ago when like Bad Moms was just coming out. Yeah. And she's really funny and really likable. Okay, well, yeah, there's probably a reason she's in all these comedies. Yeah. But she doesn't look like someone that should be, but... No. Is she in Family Guy, is that right? She yeah, is. Yeah, then there you go. She's, the, vo- yeah, she's the voice of Meg in Family Guy. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I feel like they cast funny people. Even if it's yeah. just a voice, they cast people who 
are going to be part of the shows. Yeah. Sort of uh, comedic ethos. <laughs> they, uh, did you know that they actually had a spin-off show of that 70s show called... Let me just try and find it quickly. Let's try and find it really quick. That 80s. A spin-off with which character? The sort of racist Asian stereotype character. <laughs> Let's give him more room. Is it that... Yeah, that 80s show that oh, came out. That 80s show. Yeah, that 80s show that came out in 2002, <laughs> and it lasted about. Same characters. No, it lasted 13 episodes. Okay. And People hate the 80s. <laughs> yeah. And it was literally like, and not, and none of the and it was none of the original characters that came back. Same writers. At least? I think maybe God. yeah same yeah same writers and same creators but apparently it was just terrible. I can believe it. <laughs> but it makes me want to watch it because <laughs> that should be the next time. Yeah, well That's the next a, time you uh, next yeah, time you come on. Second time I come on it'll be 80s show. Yeah, we'll do, we will we will we will talk about that 80s show. <laughs> That'd be wicked, God. Yeah, make me watch the worst of uh, <laughs> worst of. Netflix. Well, that's what I quite like doing because a lot of comics go out while people have on. They want to talk about their favourite shows, which yeah. is why I'm now trying to say, right, let's watch this instead, yeah. because that way we can actually have we can actually have a decent enough conversation about God, the show. I always feel like there's more to talk about when you hate something, isn't it? Yeah. Like a volatile. But no one wants to say they hate anything. No. <laughs> there's so much more to say, but no one wants to say it. Yeah. What's the worst thing you made someone watch? Worst thing I made. Uh, worst thing I've made someone watch. Well. It's, uh, um, worst thing I've made someone watch. Well, it's not something that, that um, I've made them watch, but I had to watch or rewatch a few episodes of The Big Bang Theory. Oh, Lord, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that's cruel, man. But that's they, well, that's because they like they. Um, they liked it. They like it, and yeah. Who was that? Um, John John Pendle. Okay. John Pendle. <laughs> we need uh, words. Yeah. <laughs> uh, God, it didn't used to be that bad. People like to hate on it. It yeah. used to be okay. It used to be it good up until season good. five, and oh, then nice. after season five, it was terrible. Yeah. But Young Sheldon, I really liked. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I've never seen that. That was something that to me looked. I mean, my favourite show of all time is a spin-off. What's it? Frasier. Frasier's a spin-off. Yeah, Frasier's a spin-off. Yeah. Frasier. But they keep saying they might make a new one really soon. Oh, I don't want that. No. I see Kelsey no. Grammer, old and all of them old. I don't need that. No. Um, God, young Sheldon. Is that it's, funny? Yeah, it's good. Like it's <laughs> it's not it's made completely different to how the Big Bang Theory is made. So it's a not it's a single camera, not a multi camera, no laugh track. Okay. It's really well performed. Well, it right. And it and you know the guy that plays Sheldon's bully. In the oh yes, yeah. yes, that kind of like uh, yeah. He plays Sheldon's dad in the uh, Young Sheldon. Yeah, okay, I'll just, yeah. Well, there you go. give it a watch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all right, fine. That'll be the next one. Yeah. yeah. So, Andy, Watts, where can people see you? Where can they find you? Um, I mean, the best kind of places. Andy Watts Comedy is uh, Instagram. I think that's probably the most prolific place I'm on. Yeah. I, I have a Facebook page. I think that's where I post gigs occasionally. Yeah. Uh, Instagram is really the place I'm uh, most kind of. Uh, okay. Yeah. And what um, about the education podcast? That's called Audio Pi. If people are interested in looking up, it does GCSEs and A levels. Uh, PI is uh, yeah, PI at the end rather. Than PI. <laughs> uh, Audio Pi. Uh, hey, I see exactly. it. It's good, isn't it? 
Um, yeah, so that's the that's the kind of uh, that's the side project. Yeah, but if, if the teachers are listening, that'll be great. Yeah. Uh, what about gigs? Where are you gigging next? Uh, I'm gigging on Monday at a place called Jolly's at the George, which I quite like because it's got a nice theatre stage, which is what I love. I love when uh, the co- I love when comedy stage stages look like theatre again. I like it when it feels like theatre. What are the seats like? Um, I said a lot of people stand. A lot of it is like tall stools, so that's not great. No, that's not great. Oh but the stage has that very light. It's got a grand piano and it's quite nice. It's a good lighting to it, so I'm into that. Okay. Uh, but you'll have to be uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. Me, so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll be loving it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's what I'm doing. So Johnny's at the George. Uh, George. Yeah. Yeah. Some Vauxhall ones coming up. Love Vauxhall. If people can get down there. I recommend that. That's getting busy. That's getting very that's busy. Sick, yeah. Vauxhall's my favourite. Really? Yeah. I've never, down. I've never done it. You've never done it. It's literally the best one I've. For me, but of the of the sort of book your own kind of circuit ones, yeah. I think it's a great space. Yeah, okay. Um, it's a strip club, but it's a great space. It's a strip club. I think it, I think it acts as. I don't know if they're joking about that, but it looks like one, so I don't think they are. Like, I know that. I know that in that area there is something like that. It but might be there. What in the comedy club? It might be that. Yeah, I mean, it's got this. Yeah, it's great. It's a great. Fox was great. Yeah. Good for yeah. Good for Mooch. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Good for Mooch. Yeah. He's an island. Anywhere else? Anywhere? Else? No. I mean, I pretty much. I'll just be grafting on the comedy and trying nice. to get better. I mean, that is all I want with it right now. That's all you want to fucking do. Just writing jokes. Yeah. Alright, man. Thanks for. We're gonna shake hands. Yeah, we are. No one can see. I love. I love doing that. Yeah. I do that at the end of every one yeah. and no one can see it and it's great <laughs> I love it cheers man.